Welcome to the Lifehouse Message Podcast. Please make sure to follow or subscribe to this so that you can get all the latest messages. We hope that you are inspired, empowered, and encouraged by the message today. Let's enjoy. Hey, Lifehouse. My name is Richard, and I'm here in Hong Kong, and I'm so excited to be able to share God's Word with you. This series this month is all about becoming closer to joy. And why don't we pray, and then we'll get into it. Jesus, we thank you for this time together. We want to come closer to joy. We want to come closer to you. So I pray that you speak to us, that you touch us. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah, come on. Let's get into God's Word together. I've called this message, Don't Look Down on Joy. Don't look down on joy. I believe God wants to help us, to encourage us to see joy as a wonderful part of the Christian life. You know, one of my favorite characters in the Bible is King David. David was an amazing guy. He wasn't perfect. He's definitely had his down moments. But on the whole, I mean, there were very few people in the Bible as amazing as David. I mean, firstly, he was an amazing guitarist, songwriter, wrote most of the Psalms. Um, he was a great shepherd. He could use a sling. Uh, he was a warrior. He was a, uh, a great king. He was an amazing, wise leader. And also it says that he was so super close to God, like he was a man after God's heart. And so David is someone that I've always looked up to and admired. But did you know that David was also a party guy? Like he was a joyful guy. And I don't mean a party in the bad sense, but where, J where David went, there was a celebration. He knew how to celebrate what God was doing in his life and in the life uh, of the Israelites that he was leading at the time. And I believe there's a lot we can learn from his life um, around the subject of joy. Now, everyone kind of celebrates things differently, don't they? We all have different personalities. And I, like many of you married people, probably you married someone who has a very opposite personality. So I'm very out there. My wife is not so much out there in her personality and she'll come into our living room with the music turned up super loud and uh, maybe some heavy music because that's my background as a teenager. There's some heavy music, big guitars and me and my four sons, we're all there head banging and having a little party and she'll come in and she'll be laughing at us and we might celebrate and do things a little bit differently, but there's joy in the house. And uh, even though we're different people, we can all experience and we can show joy. And I believe God wants to help you to express joy, to feel joy, and to be a joyful impact on the world around you. So our story today starts with King David, and he is in party mode because the Israelites had just recaptured a very precious uh, artifact, a very precious, um, they called it the Ark of the Covenant. It was a golden box filled with amazing things and God's presence was on this very special 
box. And in those days in the Old Testament, the, the, the Spirit of God would rest on certain people and it would also rest on this Ark of the Covenant. And so it had been stolen from the Israelites and, and the enemies uh, of Israel had this amazing um, God pre God's presence box with them for an, a long time. And uh, David and his armies captured it back. And so they're rejoicing because what this uh, Ark of the Covenant represented to Israel was God's presence. It's wow, hey, we've now got God's presence back with us as we fight our battles, as we go about our, our day, as we go about our, um, our plans of following God and His calling, His presence is with us. And so they're celebrating and the whole of Israel is celebrating at this moment. And it actually says um, in 2 Samuel uh, verse 6, somewhere there, I, I don't have the scripture, but it says that, that David actually danced with all of his might. Okay, so this is a warrior. This is a grown man. And I want you to think about this, right? He's dancing with all of his might. So I'm... I'm convinced there's some head banging going on there. Like there's some jumping up and down. I mean, you imagine men at a football game or something like that. They're celebrating, they're cheering. This was David. It was a joyful moment. God's presence coming back to the Israelites. What else? Come on. What else is there better to party and celebrate about than that? And it says here, there's a very strange thing that happens. And it's actually to do with David's wife. Her name is Michael. Let's, let's read the story. Verse 16, it says, As the ark of the Lord entered the city of David, Michael, the daughter of Saul, looked down from her window. It's David's wife. And when, he, when she saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, she was filled with contempt for him. Very interesting. She's looking down from her window, seeing the celebration, looking at the joy, looking at David, saying, ah, he's making a fool of himself. And, and she's filled with contempt in her own heart as David danced before the Lord. David was, was in God's presence, right? The Ark of the Covenant. David and the people were celebrating. And yet in that moment of God's presence being there, Michael was looking down on that joyful moment. And, you know, she's essentially being a grump when other people uh, are rejoicing. And, and I want to ask you, where do you think joy comes from? Well, I, I believe the answer is it actually comes from God. And that the closer we get to Jesus, the closer we come to joy. That's right. The closer we grow to Jesus as we grow, the closer we come to joy. The more our joy lifts. Hey, one of the verses that we love uh, at Lifehouse here is Psalm 16 verse 11. It says, you make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Yes, joy in your presence. As I'm closer to Jesus, I get more joy in my life. And yet, did you know who wrote this verse? Let me, let me give you a clue. It's a psalm. That's right. This verse was written by King David himself. 
right? He knew what it was like to be in the presence of God. He knew that when you come into the presence of God, you don't come into grumpiness. (laughs) You come into a spirit of joy. You come into a celebration. So how do we get more joy in our life? Well, we don't have to chase a happy moment. We just move closer to Jesus. And I think the whole world is actually chasing happy moments, right? We have those, the Disneyland moments, nothing wrong with Disneyland, that's great. We have the overseas holiday moments, feels so good to have a holiday. Maybe we have moments of achievement or success or where something good happens. Of course, we want more of those moments in our life, who wouldn't? But when when I look at the world, I see those are the things that the world is chasing, but they only give you a momentary happiness But if I know that the true secret to joy is just getting closer to Jesus, there is a source of everlasting joy. More joy for you every single day because you can always get closer to Jesus. There's always more of Jesus that we can have in our life. It's everlasting joy. And if you think about it, if we're getting closer to Jesus, we're we're becoming closer to joy, then maybe as we get further, Uh, away from joy, we're actually kind of leaving some of the presence of God. We're actually almost rejecting part of who God is. We know from Galatians 5 that the fruit of the Holy Spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, all these wonderful things. They are actually the fruit of the Holy Spirit. They are the things that God produces Uh, as we get close to Him, right? That's going to be coming out like fruit in our lives. These are the things that grow out of God. They are His character. They are who He is, right? God is love. He is these fruit. These are things that make up His character. And so when we step back from joy, we're actually stepping back from who God is. I mean, I can't imagine getting to heaven one day, right? After a long, amazing life on earth, I'm an old man and I go to be with Jesus and I'm I'm there and I'm standing at the the gates of heaven, all excited, like, wow, this is going to be amazing, heaven, and see the streets of gold and all that cool stuff. And Jesus comes walking up and I'm like, Jesus! And then imagine Jesus playing too cool for school, you know? Hey, Rich. Hey, mate, good to see you. Yeah, come on in. And I'm like, what? Like, can you imagine Jesus being like serious or, or, or heavy or, or too cool for school? <laughs> I can't imagine that. He'd be joyful. I'm sure he's going to put his arms around us. I'm sure he's going to rejoice that we're, that we're united in heaven with him. That's the character of God. That's the Jesus we see in the Bible that the kids love to hang around. Kids don't love hanging around heavy, serious, stressed out people. They want to be around the party people. They want to be around the joyful people. That's who God is. And as Michael looked down on joy, as she was filled with contempt, it actually, in some translations, it says that she despised David in her heart. Wow, that's a tough word to take in English. That's really strong. She despised him because she looked down on his joy. And when I look at the Bible, you know, she didn't start off this way in life. At some point they loved each other, but something had taken away her joy. 
And in my life, you know, this may seem quite dramatic, right? You despise someone because of their joy. And maybe I quite haven't been at that point yet, but I do actually, uh, I don't know, I connect with part of this story because by the time I was 22 years old, I believe that there, there'd been much joy kind of sucked out of my life and or, or I had let it go for whatever reason. And I was a very joyful, passionate believer as a young teenager. But by the time I was at 22, I was jaded. I was serious. I was heavy. And I looked down on joy. I thought it was immature. I thought it was maybe for the really young people, even though I was still pretty young at the time. And I remember when I first came into Lifehouse Church, and it was a new kind of experience for me. Now, I was a believer at this point, but I was lacking some joy because of some wrong thinking. And I looked around the room and I saw the people praising God. I I saw the people's amazing, joyful testimonies, even sometimes in the midst of hard hard times. And at the beginning, my heart didn't know how to handle that. And I thought, you know, that's okay for you, but, um, you know, I'm I'm a serious Christian. And there was a part of me that kind of had... rejected that. There was a part of me that was kind of pushing away from that. I had lost my joy. And I thought I was being mature by pushing away from that. But I want to I want to tell you, do not confuse seriousness with maturity. Okay? Because at the time I was a very immature Christian. Uh, I might I might have been serious, but I was very immature. I I wasn't journaling. I wasn't reading my Bible. I didn't have really much of a prayer life at all. I wasn't practicing keeping a heart clean and forgiving others. I mean, there, I wasn't serving others. Um, I wasn't being generous. There was so much immaturity in my life, and yet I thought by being serious that I was being mature. But it's the exact opposite. We look at this story of Michael and David and we say, who's the mature one? Is it the grumpy Michael or is it the joyful David? And the last time I checked, the fruit of the Spirit were love, joy, peace. It wasn't seriousness, heaviness, sadness. Come on, love, joy, peace. That's the kind of maturity that I want to see happening in my life. And I think that's what we've got to look around and say, yeah, who are those people in my life that I can model myself after? Because sometimes it's not even, look, for me as a Christian walking into Lifehouse Church at the age of 22, uh, I don't believe I was a bad person. I just think I had some wrong thinking. Maybe there were some models in my life, some people that I had looked up to that modeled a kind of serious or heavy Christianity. And so I, I thought that's what that's what a, a mature Christian would look like. So it was some thinking that needed to change. And journaling was a big part of that in my life to get new thinking and being around other joyful Christian leaders had a big impact on my life as well. So I've got great news for you. If you, if you kind of identify with any of my story and you're saying, wow, I really do need to get my joy back. Hey, Jesus can give you joy. Just get in His presence, get around His Word, get in, uh, it, it, build a prayer life, get around uh, a great group of Christians, a Bible Connect group, a Community Connect group, some praise and worship. His presence is where He can give us His 
joy. And although Michael was actually surrounded by his, his presence, right? As the Ark of the Covenant came into the camp, God's presence was there touching everyone else but Michael. She had chosen not to go there. She had chosen to not let that presence touch her life because she had rejected joy. I believe if your heart is open, that you can experience God's joy in your life today. Praise the Lord. Come on. I believe His joy is going to supernaturally touch your life. But that is the marker for maturity, hey, that I'm chasing for. And as a dad, I want my kids to see a joyful dad. As a husband, I want my wife to see a joyful husband. That's a mature husband. And that's the kind of person that I'm aiming to be by the grace of Jesus. Now, sometimes in life we go through hard times and I want to tell you that Jesus can even give you joy in the hard times and even in times where we make sacrifices. And verse 17, we see David's response from this joy, right? It wasn't just a joyful celebration, but he actually did something afterwards. There was action. It says, They brought the Ark of the, Ark of the Lord and set it in its place inside the special tent that David had prepared for it. And David sacrificed burnt offerings and peace offerings to the Lord. When he had finished his sacrifices, David blessed the people in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies. Out of David's joy came his own willing sacrifice and the blessing to God's people. Don't you love that? That out of joy, we can make decisions to sacrifice. Out of joy, we can make decisions to serve. And I think that's just a great heart to have as we bring our sacrifices to God, whether that's our time or our money or whatever we do to serve Him. Um, and also, hey, for you dream teamers, let's make sure that anything we do for God and His kingdom, for the church, it's with the heart of joy because that's the kind of heart that God is looking for. And I believe when we've got a joyful heart, naturally sacrifice and service come out from that place of joy. But what about also the times where we have to endure through hard things, right? I know we've been singing that song, Endure, recently. Beautiful song. Uh, but we also see in the Bible that joy and endurance are linked. Let's have a look at Jesus uh, his story of, of being on the cross in Hebrews 12, it's written about him, verse 2. It says, because of the joy awaiting him, that's Jesus, he endured the cross. Disregarding its shame, now he's seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Because of the joy, he endured the cross. Wow. Joy makes people tough. I don't mean tough as in <laughs> blunt. I mean tough as in they can endure hard things. Jesus was pretty tough. Knowing what he was going to as he went to the cross for, for my sins, for your sins, to set us free from all of that, to reunite us with a loving God. Jesus did all of that for that joy. He endured the cross. So joy is like this incredible strength to endure hard things things, when the world persecutes you, when you go through difficulty in your family or in your business or financial hardship or health issues, we're all going to face moments where endurance is needed. But 
in those moments, we've got to hold on to joy. And I can think of one of our great young leaders in the church here in Hong Kong. His name is Jason. He's a legend. And uh, just recently, he lost his great job. He had a great job. And they, his company laid off uh, 20% of their workers overnight. And so he was immediately made redundant. And he's, you know, out out there on the market looking for a job the very next day from this surprise announcement. And I've just been so impressed with his attitude the whole time. Because, and it's so mature. It's he, he hasn't let it steal his joy. He hasn't let it um, move him to a place of worry or concern or doubting God's goodness. No, he's got a bigger picture of what God is going to do in his life. There's a joy about him. And so, yes, it's a hard moment. We're not celebrating because of the hard moment. We're celebrating because God is leading us to something good. Amen? Come on. I'm believing that for you. That's, that's the joy that we're talking about here. A joy that leads to endurance. A joy that leads to sacrifice. A joy that leads to serving and blessing others because that was the heart that we see that David expressed on this day and verse 19 says we we actually have a look at how we can see how generous David became because of this joy he says it says he gave to every Israelite man and woman in the crowd a loaf of bread a cake of dates a cake of raisins then all the people returned to their homes with cake (laughs) come on give the Lord a hand for some cake Come on, who doesn't love cake? Cheesecake is my favorite, if anyone would like to bless me. Um, but hey, David was giving out de- uh, what cakes of raisins, cakes of date. He's giving out some bread too. I'll have that as well. Thank you. Um, but there's this generous spirit. It's like, hey, come on, everyone have some cake. You know, I think that's kind of great kind of leadership. I think maybe we need to give out some more cake here at Lifehouse. I'm not going to say no to some cake. More Jesus, more cake. Come on. God's presence, joy, cake. It's a party. I love that. David got generous and blessed the people. And that's what happens when you get joy in your heart. You want to bless some people. David goes home with the same attitude to bless his own family, right? What a wonderful thing. What a wonderful man of God. What a great husband. What a great father. He comes home with a heart to share his joy with his family and to bless his own family. And here's what happens in verse 20. When David returned home to bless his own family, Michael, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet him. She said in disgust, how distinguished the king of Israel looked today, shamelessly exposing himself to the servant girls like any vulgar person might do. Oh, right? How bad is it when you're excited about something and then someone just come and complains or someone just comes and just dumps their heaviness on you? You know, what a wet blanket, what a stick in the mud, what a party pooper, right? This is, this is yuck. Like this is the worst kind of thing when you're excited about something for someone to come and put a wet blanket over your passion. I want to tell you today, we've got to get good at guarding our joy. When you've got joy, you got to keep joy. You got to hold on to joy. You got to defend your joy. And David didn't let even his own wife, even someone who was close to him, he didn't let that spirit 
get on him and steal his joy. And he retorted to Michael, he said, I was dancing before the Lord who chose me above your father and all of his family. He appointed me as the leader of Israel, the people of the Lord. So I celebrate before the Lord. David's being a bit cheeky here because, you know, her father was the old king, King Saul. And he was a serious, heavy, grumpy, intense guy. And maybe that's where Michael got some of that. Maybe some of that was modeled to her through her own dad. But, but David is saying, hey, you know what? I'm not gonna take that spirit on. And the reason that God has chosen me for this time is because of my joy. And I'm gonna celebrate that. God chose the joyful leader, David, over the serious and intense, joyless leader, Saul. Which one is more mature? Which one is more like Jesus? Come on, I wanna encourage you, don't let a situation, don't let a person, don't let anything steal your joy. You've gotta guard it. And sometimes, uh, like maybe you can relate to my situation that I said before, I think there was some bad teaching that I had absorbed and, and some wrong thinking. Uh, maybe read some, some books or some pod, listened to some podcasts or some YouTube videos that had put in my head this idea that as I got more mature, I should be more heavy. I should be more intense. I should be more serious. And it's just not the way that God wants us to go. So come on, let's be a people that protects our joy, that embraces the joy of God and grows closer to Him and lifts in joy. Now, verse 22, David continues talking to Michael. He says, yes, and I'm willing to look even more foolish than this, even to be humiliated in my own eyes by those servant girls you mentioned and indeed think I am distinguished. What he's saying here is, hey, come on, Michael. Like, I know that not everyone may understand this joy that I have and some people may look down on it, but I am not gonna let that extinguish my joy. I am willing to look like a fool in their eyes because I have the joy of God in my life. And I think that's true. Sometimes in our life, we're gonna be looked at by others as foolish. And that just means we're, we're you know, we're probably doing the right thing. I'm not saying all the time, I mean, we can do the wrong thing and look foolish too, but hey, if we're gonna live a life that follows Jesus, we're gonna be different to the world, won't we? They're not gonna understand all of our decisions. They're not gonna, maybe your non-Christian family's not gonna understand how you can joyfully give Jesus 10% of your income every month, right? They may, they may think you're looking pretty foolish, but we see it as a great joy. And I'm not saying that we need to go out there and try to look foolish. We're not just trying to do something extreme uh, to, to look like we're some wild Christian. We don't have to go searching out those moments, but it's just gonna happen as we follow Jesus. We might look a little bit foolish sometimes, but God is saying, come on. I'm so proud of you. So proud of you, David, for choosing joy, for sacrificing, for being generous. You're a man after my heart, David, and I wanna be like that. I wanna end with the last verse here and it's pretty sad and it, I guess it needs some explaining. It says, so Michael, the daughter of Saul, remained childless throughout her entire life. Pretty heavy. And uh, hey, in, in this case, there's definitely um, a symbol here. There's something that we can learn for us today. And it's not about childlessness, 
but it's about fruitfulness for you and I because she went on and she didn't produce any more fruit in her life after she blocked off that joy. And by the way, if you are childless and believing for a baby, I just want to say that we are praying for you and we are believing for an incredible miracle for God to uh, give you that miracle baby. We're praying for that in Jesus' name. And that has nothing to do with what I'm talking about with joy today. This is a symbol for us today of fruitfulness. And I found in my life that as I move closer to joy, you know, from age 22, as God was moving in my heart and joy was growing, that my fruitfulness actually grew with it. And these last 15 years have been the most fruitful years of my life. More joy, more fruit. And the opposite is true for Michael's life. As she lost joy, she lost her fruit. And so I think today we can all make a decision to say yes to God's presence, to say yes to getting closer to Jesus and to say yes to His joy. Why don't we pray? Jesus, we thank you that you can give us this joy that we don't have to manufacture it or hype it up unnaturally. Lord, the joy comes from you. It's who you are. Jesus, we wanna be closer to you. And I pray for my, my Christian friends out there that maybe were like me and have lost a bit of joy, Lord. We, we just ask for you to give it to us afresh again. Holy Spirit, that you would do your work in our hearts right now to produce that joy and with it, would come a great fruitfulness, a new next season of our life as we hold close to you and close to your joy. And Lord, we just ask you to help us to get rid of any wrong thinking. Lord, we lay that down and we just say yes to what you want to do in our hearts right now. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Now, the other group of people I want to pray for Maybe you're not yet uh, a Christian. Maybe you don't yet know Jesus. Well, as I mentioned before, He endured the cross for the joy of knowing you. He loves you. He's got a purpose for your life and you can experience joy today through Him. So right now I'm gonna pray a prayer. We're gonna put it out on the screen and you could say that out loud if you're there watching uh, in, in a church service or if you're by yourself, you can just say it in your heart. But let's read out this prayer and say it to Jesus as we embrace Him. Dear Jesus, I believe in you. Thank you for forgiving me. Come into my life and I will follow you. Amen. Amen. Ah, awesome. Well, hey guys, it's so good to get closer to Jesus, closer to joy. And let's be the kind of church where we don't look down on joy. Hey, joy is the goal of a life that's moving closer to Jesus. So we'll see you next week. God bless. Thanks for listening today. We hope that God was able to speak to you through the message. If you consider Lifehouse your church home, or if you were blessed by these messages, then why not consider generously supporting us? Simply go to mylifehouse.com give and find the giving way that works best for you. Have a blessed day and we'll catch you all next time.